Hello, everyone. Tyler Kuehl here, the Insider of the Insiders, here for a special edition of Locked on Capitals, another crossover edition. But then again, you probably figured that out by now, as we, as you probably see the title of this show, and you see, ah, look, Tyler's been talking with Dane Lewis from Locked on Stars. That is correct. However, I need to start off this show by disclosing something. So this, unfortunately, is my last show here on Locked on Capitals. Um, it's It's been a good run. I unfortunately have just a, a few prior commitments that it'll take up a lot of my time. And I, I've talked with the folks here at Lockdown who've been very gracious and understanding of the situation I'm in. I just will not have enough time to do the show, giving you daily Capitals content as you guys want. So I do apologize. I know, I hope I didn't uh, make any of you too mad. I'm sure some of you um, probably didn't agree with my, you know what? You guys didn't even agree with my takes anyways. It's okay. It's okay. I, I understand. I'm kidding. I, I don't know how, how how a lot of you feel. I, by the comments, you, you guys liked it, I guess. So thank you very much for, for listening and watching throughout this little run we've had here. I do apologize. Thank you all very much for listening and watching, though. But unfortunately, sometimes all good things got to come to an end, but it's all right. Um, once again, though, we end this one with a bang because we chat, like I said, with Dane Lewis from Lockdown Stars, getting ready for tonight's game between the Stars and the Capitals. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone, Stars fans, Capitals fans. This is Dane Lewis with Locked On Stars, joined by Tyler Poole of Locked On Washington Capitals. Tyler, how are you today? Well, filled up on some beef tenderloin and potatoes, a couple glasses of wine, Charles Woodson's wine for any of you, I guess, Green Bay Packers fans or Michigan Wolverine fans. So, yeah, I feel pretty good right now, Dane. How about you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. Uh, excited to be at the end of what's been a pretty busy week. Not a bad week, but just a, a busy one. And the Stars haven't played since Tuesday. And, uh, you know, they're, they're doing OK as of right now. And I'm excited to, you know, have them play a team like Washington at home. They haven't been home in a while. So. Uh, things are going pretty well, but I know this is the first meeting between our two teams for the first time in a while. I didn't look when the exact last matchup was, but with the realigned divisions last season, I know the Stars and the Caps haven't played one another in quite some time. And uh, I know we also have a, a pretty a guy that's held in pretty high regard in Washington now on our roster, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in a later segment. But excited to watch these two teams play and kind of wanted to get some information uh, from you since you are the, the, the expert on all things Washington. Um, about how this season has gone for you guys. And it seems like the Capitals uh, have been in a little bit of a slump as of late. Uh, I know to start 2022, I think the record is 3-6-2 and two from what I was able to find. 23-12-9, uh, and nine, fourth in the Metro Division. What has kind of been the story of the Capitals up to this point in the season? If you could kind of give a, a Sparks Notes version or even just kind of a more the past few weeks, what's been going on with Washington? You know, it's crazy, Dane, because I went into this year and a lot of us, a lot of the Caps fans came into this year saying third place would be perfect because, hey, this team is old. They're older. The goaltending's unproven. And for some reason, the start of this year just kind of blurred all the expectations, right? Like they come out, they're flying. Ovechkin scoring four goals a game, it seems like. And even without Nicholas Backstrom, Evgeny Kuznetsov was certainly an, an eye popper and showing that he's kind of had a revitalization after a rather down. 21 or 2021 season and we kind of were playing same ourselves we're just like all right is this gonna last and unfortunately the last month and a half has shown that well it was not going to last and and that's the hard part too because they they've lost i think it's five of their last seven games and 
and not all of them have been in regulation, but the fact of the matter is that we we've seen the caps regress to the mean and it's, it's a mixture of, you know, bad bounces, good goaltending and, it, you know, crazy enough Ovechkin isn't scoring every game. So I guess that's a problem for the team right now, but it's a, it's a tough spot, but every good team, Dane, and I said this before on the show is they find ways to get out of these stretches because every good team hits a bad stretch. I mean, my goodness, look at the Vegas Golden Knights. They won what one of their first five games of the season. And now they're leading the Pacific division. It happens to everybody, but right now for the capitals, it's just trying to find their way through. And I mentioned getting goalie the last two games. James Reimer stood on his head the other night against the San Jose Sharks in a 4-1 loss, and then they got shut out by Robin Leonard for the first time this season. The Capitals have been shut out in a 1-0 game, so sometimes the puck doesn't bounce their way, and unfortunately, just little hiccups here and there, defenses, lapses here and there, maybe even one or two a game, it's kind of cost the Caps, and that's why they're right now in a wild card spot, contrary to what we saw a couple months ago when they were, dare I say, Dane, leading the NHL in points, so it's been a tough stretch to say the least. Yeah. I, I think, you know, based on the research I was able to do and just hearing that, it sounds like maybe the Dallas stars and Washington capitals are having similar seasons, just in different conferences and divisions. Cause a lot of what you said, you know, bad stretches, things like that, I think can be said a lot of the stars team, but you mentioned uh, Alexander Ovechkin, obviously the, the standout player for this organization and has been pretty much since he's been drafted, uh, you know, back in 2004, the first overall pick, uh, what has he been able to do to continue to be able to play at the level he's played at? Because he leads the team pretty much in every statistical category. You know, he's fourth right now on the all-time goals list. Seems like he can, you know, squeak into that third spot maybe by season's end. W- what is he doing so well that he's able to continue to play at this high level despite his age? Yeah, you know what's crazy was that I, I was I was on another show a while back and they were asking about the Capitals. Like, what's crazy about Ovechkin this year? Like, what's making him so great? And, you know... He's he's back. Dreisaitl has played a good couple games here for the Oilers, so he's back on top in the points category there. And Chris Kreider, dare I say, thirty goal scorer Chris Kreider has jumped Ovechkin now. Ovechkin tied for second in goals this year. But the fact is that Ovechkin has always been what I call a Cy Young kind of a player, where he scores more goals than assists. And you know what? That can be good or bad. But the fact of the matter is, Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer in the history of the league. And I. For the longest time, I always gave that to Mike Bossy for my Islanders fans out there. They probably would agree with me still as well. 50 goals in nine straight seasons is nothing to tip their cap to. But Ovechkin has slowly grown on me as someone who's been able to do it in this era of hockey where scoring 20 goals in a year is great, contrary to the 80s, where if you scored 50 goals, you were, you know, every other guy. But Ovechkin this year has done something that we haven't seen in a long time. You have to go back to the 16-17 season, the last year the Capitals won the President's Trophy, to find a season when Ovechkin had more assists than points. Now, as we're doing this before the game on Saturday, Dean, or on Friday, Friday, Saturday, the day the Friday. game is played. <laughs> I don't know what day it is anymore, Dane. Um, the game, <laughs> he has 29 goals, 29 assists. And for a while he was leading and had more assists than point or goals And that's just showing that even at this age and this stage of his career, he knows that that's the reason why he signed the long contract, the five-year deal, because he knows that he can go for that record, 894 goals, knock on wood, it is within reach of the grade eight. And that just shows the fact that though, that he knows that this team wants to win now, because as long as number eight's in the lineup, the Capitals are not going to retool or competitive rebuild as David Poyle likes to call it. 
they're going to try to go for it. And that's why they were, I mentioned on the other show the other day, Elliot Friedman teased it. And all of a sudden that caught fire. Mark Andre Fleury is on the Capitals radar, but we don't need to go into that because for some reason, it just seems like the car or avalanche might be towards something like that. That's a story for a different time. But the matter is that this team wants to win. That's why they're keeping guys like Nicholas Backstrom. They're keeping them happy and they're not getting rid of a guy like Tom Wilson or something like that. Like they're going to, and they're trying to bring up a good bottom six with guys like Daniel Sprong. And they have rookies coming in like Connor McMichael and Alexi Protus. Like this team has aspirations to win the Stanley cup. And Ovechkin realized that as well, because if he wanted to be Mr. Selfish, he, he doesn't need to pass the puck. Got the great shot, got the good one-timer, still has speed despite being, you know, mid-30s, middle-aged man. I don't know what kind of fountain of youth they have there in Moscow, St. Petersburg, but he's found it. But the matter is that he knows that instead of, like, there was one play against Vegas in the one nothing loss, albeit, he has the puck in the slot, and anyone else that's ever seen Alex Ovechkin play says he's going to shoot this puck. And he did the darndest thing, Dane. He saw Backstrom backdoor and said, that's a better scoring chance than me, the greatest goal scorer in the history of the sport, has. Pass it off, ends up getting stopped, because I think it actually went off Alex Petrangelo, but it was a great look. And a guy that, like I said, is typically known as a goal scorer, not a playmaker, is willing to use different tools to try to create scoring chances, especially in a game where you haven't scored yet. Like That just shows that Ovechkin knows, A, He's a good player. He can make plays both by himself and with his teammates and realizing that, you know what? He doesn't have to score every single goal because despite this little slump we have here for the Caps, other guys are stepping up. And I think that's something that Ovi, even as, you know, the greatest goal scorer that he is, even he realizes it. Yeah, and I think that's a great asset to have in your leader uh, for the franchise is a guy that you know he can score really well, but also, you know, isn't afraid to to pass the puck and share the love with his teammates and kind of get them going too, especially uh, a team that's looking to make the postseason, look to make a deep postseason run. Like you said, this Capitals team does have cup aspirations and uh, certainly, you know, have shown flashes that they can be one of the best in the league. And so really, really good stuff from Ovechkin this season. It's crazy to just continue to see older guys like him uh, and even Joe Pavelski on the stars, who's an older guy as well in his mid to late thirties, continuing to play at a high level and defy time. And you mentioned, um, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury a little bit. I uh, want to, you know, just kind of pick your brain a little bit about this goalie situation. It looks like both guys that I could find on the NHL's website that have played goalies for you guys, Vanacek and Samson Samsonov. Uh, I don't know why that name's so hard for me to say, but uh, there it is. They both played 22 games this season. Who would you say is kind of the, the better guy in that situation between the pipes for the Capitals? Well, Peter Laviolette, it was a really weird thing that happened at the beginning of the year, Dane. We came into the preseason, you know, knowing that Nicholas Baxter probably wasn't going to be there game one. And then, you know, we thought Sam Sonov was going to be the guy, but he got banged up a little bit in preseason. And then Vanacek had this nice little run to start the year. Then they went out west and took on the California teams. And Ilya Samsonov comes out, puts back-to-back shutouts on the board. Then he takes the number one spot. And then Vanacek gets hurt. Then Samsonov gets sick. And then Zach Bukali gets a start, gets a shutout. He goes back down to the minors. Samsonov takes back over. And over the last couple games, we've seen Ilias or Vitek Vanacek get a few more starts, including the one nothing loss against Vegas. Has looked good. I mean, it's... It's been a rare instance, Dane, that I've said either of the two goaltenders have been the reason for a loss for this Capitals team, which is certainly the best thing you can have as a coach. If, if there's ever a game when you come out and say, you know what, our goaltender lost it tonight. I mean, you know, there's you can go down the laundry list of teams that wish that, you know, they didn't have to worry about saying that because Laviolette hasn't had to say that too many times. 
the the issue with this goaltending duo, as good as Vanacek might seem and Samsonov might seem, for this team wanting to make a deep playoff run, neither of these goaltenders really have a you know playoff experience. We saw Samsonov backing up for a while there, Braden Holpe, even into the 2010 bubble. And of course, there, there are the stories about how the Capitals handled themselves in Toronto, but we don't need to go about that. Michael Russo told a good story on, the, on, a, on a previous podcast about that whole debacle. But then Braden Holpe moves on. We see going into last year's playoffs, Vitek Vanacek is the goaltender. And on the first shot of the game, he pulls his groin. And then Craig Anderson tried to save the show and unfortunately couldn't. Sam Sonoff couldn't either. So it's the, the concern with the goaltending duo is not how they can perform in this regular season. We all know that this team can, these, these guys can take them to the playoffs. How far can they take them into the playoffs? Though is the question. Neither really has any, you know, substantial type of ability to carry this team. Or at least they haven't shown it yet, but it's one of those things. And I mentioned this when I talked about it on, on Tuesday's show prior to the game against the sharks, I said, I'm like, I like flurry, but if you want goaltenders to learn how to be good in the playoffs, you kind of have to put them in there, right? I mean, you, you look at you look at Dallas's sake here. You look at 2020. Anton Hudobin had no track record of being a goaltender in the playoffs, and you know he only led the Stars within two games of the Cup. Mm-hmm. And and that's something I think that I think Brian McClellan and Peter Laviolette kind of have to realize. Like, you know what? If we ever want to have a future of having goaltenders in the playoffs, especially since Mark Andre Fleury is on an expiring contract. You kind of have to let the, get, let the kids get a shot here because if not, how are they ever going to learn to be a playoff goaltender? Are you going to keep getting goalie rentals? I mean, that's only going to cost you a few first-round picks you're never going to get back. So I, they're, the goaltending's been good, and but like I said, that's the question about playoff potential. But I say ride with them. I mean, I think this team, given the way the season's gone so far, I know they're in a wild-card spot now because they've lost a couple games lately, but I, I almost say they've been playing with house money. And I don't know if this team should try to buy at the upcoming deadline here, but I think wasting a pick on a goaltender that might only be there for a few games and maybe get you to the second round, it just may not be worth it there, Dane. Yeah, certainly seems like a, a interesting debacle, and it'll be interesting to see how the Washington Capitals approach the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of trade talks are all just rumor and hearsay now, but in the next coming weeks, I know that we'll see probably see some players get moved around to some different teams going to be really, really interesting to see, but we're going to continue to talk about the Washington Capitals and the Dallas stars and preview their big matchup tonight at the American airlines center. But before we move on, do need to take a moment and say thank you to one of the sponsors of today's episode. And that is built bar built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar built bar makes it easy to stick to your new year's resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so difficult and boring. By week three or four, you might be thinking, this isn't worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And they contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compared to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You can go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. 
You know, before we go too much further, Dane, I, I do in my studio here, I always have a game on in the background. I'm doing the show. I like to stay well informed on everything. I got the LA Kings and New York Islanders on right now. The red hot New York Islanders, by the way. Um, their uh, Quentin Byfield scored his first NHL goal here not too long ago, but they just showed the highlight. Trevor Zegris pulled off the Michigan tonight in Montreal. So <laughs> another another one. <laughs> another another DJ highlight Smith real play. For DJ Collard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not too surprised to to see him pull that off, given what else we've seen from Zegers so far this season. Uh, I'll definitely I, have to take I, a look I gotta at that. ask you before we get into the stars here. How do you like that idea of having him come out? He's gonna be in the skills competition, even though he's not an all star. I know they like to do that a lot in the major league baseball all star weekend. They like to bring out guys for the home run derby. Do you like a guy like Zegers? You know, who may not have gotten an all star bid. You know, debate aside on that. You think it's good that he comes out though to the you know the all star weekend and participates in the skills comp? Yeah, I, I mean, it's like you said, there's always debate of, you know, guys like Zegers getting the bid to be an all star. And I know across several sports, you know, there's always if rookies don't get it, people are upset or if they do, then, you know, a veteran gets snubbed. But I, I think it's good just because Zegers is a big name in this league and he's made those flashy plays like the Michigan, the, the alley-oop pass. Or, I mean, I don't know what you call that pass that he pulled off. Uh, I don't even remember who that was against. I call it not good for the game. My name is John Tortorella. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you look at that, and of course, you know, I, I think that that just drives fan engagement, whether that's at the arena or TV ratings. So probably good for the NHL as far as ratings and approval from fans. So, I, I mean, I, I see no issue with it. I mean, he's he's a guy that's looking to be a staple in this league for years to come. You know, what's the harm in, in letting him go out to the All-Star game and hang out with other, you know, young players that are there, or even some veterans that he's going to, you know, either be teammates with down the line or guys that he might go head to head with, you know, in, in some postseason battles later on. Yeah, that's I'm excited to see because obviously someone's gonna be like, hey, Trevor Zegras, you have to flip the puck on your stick now and chuck it down the strip and and hit, you know, or fly fling it over Caesars, uh, the Caesars uh, fountains there or something like that. Something dumb. But hey, you know what? If it's good for TV. Right. And hey, when in Vegas. Right. That's that's the thing. Right, Dane. <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. That's what the, the cool kids say. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I have no idea what the cool kids say these days. I feel like I'm out of touch, even though I'm 27 years about to be 27 years old. Let's though, let's jump on the Dallas stars page here. This is a team that I talked with Bruce Levine on a previous show uh, before the season. And him and I were like really excited for this team. Cause we thought, man, you know, Anton Hugh Dobin and, you know, Jake Ondra's playing well, but Ben Bishop will come back eventually. And there's Tyler Sagan, who's going to have a bounce back year. And there's Jane Ben. Yeah. And the, you know, the, and Jason Robertson, the list went on and on. I'm like, this team has a chance to like finish in the top three of the central. Then the season started, Dane. But the thing was that something that's happened recently, four game win streak for the stars coming into this weekend and this game Friday night. What is your take been on this season? It started off kind of inauspiciously, but now they're back in the playoff race. What's going on with the Dallas stars? Yeah, it, it's been a very chaotic year, as I know it has been for just about every team in this league with COVID and, you know, win streaks and losing streaks. You know, you look at a team, you know, we mentioned earlier, Vegas starts out bad, but now that they're one of the best teams in the West, Colorado had a slow start. Now they're one of the, be the, the best team in the Central Division by a mile. Uh, right. You know, Edmonton started out one of the best teams in the league. We now see what's happening with the Oilers. So it, it's just been a weird season and the Dallas Stars are in that same vein, they went on a seven-game win streak earlier this season, beating teams like Edmonton, Colorado, Carolina, teams like that, Calgary at one point in the season. But then they lost five straight to, to some teams that they should have been beating. But now, yeah, they've won four in a row, and all four of those recent wins have come on the road against inferior competition, if you will, uh, with Buffalo, Detroit, Philadelphia, 
and New Jersey on Tuesday night, uh, in which a lot of Stars fans on Twitter were like, I, I don't know if gatekeeping is the right word, but there were like fans that were really excited, you know, oh, four game win streak back in the playoff hunt. We've been, you know, playing jump rope with Calgary for that second wild card spot as of right now. I think Calgary currently has it, uh, but only by two points. And so, you know, still in that same conversation with over with about half the season left. But there's also fans that are like, oh, we shouldn't be excited because we beat four bad teams. But I don't know. I, I think that's a weird position to take. I mean, a win is a win and every point matters, especially given some of the games that the Stars have lost this season. They've lost to Montreal once. They've lost to Ottawa twice. They split a series with Columbus, a team that they probably should have beat twice. So it, it's been a really weird season. Uh, and I've liked what I've seen from them, you know, in, in the really good parts. And they've shown that they can be one of the best teams in the league and that they can hang with some of the best talent across the NHL. But then at their worst, they look like that they should maybe be, uh, you know, move down to the AHL level and be playing with, with some minor league teams. So it, it's always a mixed bag with the Stars right now. We're seeing a lot of the good. But, I mean, who knows what we're going to get now that they've had, what, three three days off? Uh, you know, coming off this road trip where they played two sets of back-to-backs, have this long rest period. It's it's kind of going to be a question mark of how they come out during this Friday night matchup. Yeah, and that, that's what's interesting because the Caps had a couple of four-day, five-day off stretches back-to-back weeks, and it almost seemed like they kind of had to get themselves going a little bit here, but at least the Stars have been playing consistently lately. And and you know what? I'll say this. And Kudo, you know, I, I myself, I'm here in West Michigan, so I get to see the Red Wings a little bit. I'll say this. That overtime loss, yeah, the – Red Wings came back, but I'll say for the Stars fans' sake, that is the Red Wings are the Red Wings and the Pistons themselves are just like the Detroit Lions. They're a team that competes hard, has a chance to win a lot of games, but they just don't. So I'll give you the guys benefit of the doubt on the win against Detroit there. But we we talked about Joe Pavelski earlier, the only star this season so far with over 40 points. But something though that the Stars have that the Capitals don't have is that they have at least three guys with 30-plus points, and one of them, a guy that I love, a guy that I've loved since he played junior and whatnot, Jason Robertson. I, I 16 goals, 23 assists. I love his game. I love his brother Nick Robertson a little bit more up in Toronto, but, yeah, I think he's a guy that can get a shot someday. But Jason Robertson has been a guy that and I, and I remember. I remember Jason Robertson a lot because he was with Kingston, and he was traded – it was the wonkiest trade I've ever seen. Like OHL trades, by the way, if you ever guys want to look them up, sometimes they're just really stupid. Like there's like 11 draft picks involved in them. They're like, there's no OHL CBA that limits the number of <laughs> aspects you can put in that. And Robertson was traded to Niagara for like, and he got, this would have been 2018, 19 season. There was a 2024 draft pick that was involved in the deal. Like that's how good this guy was back when he was tearing up in the OHL. So when he finally got his shot in the NHL, I think this, you know, is real his real breakout year here. How have you liked Robertson in the in the Stars lineup? Oh, I, I've absolutely loved him. And I know the Stars fans, are, you know, are in that same vein. He's a guy that kind of, you know, was a shock almost last season. I of just kind of like, oh, this kid's here. Uh, not only is he good, he's in the Calder Trophy conversation. And, you know, I think, you know, Kirill Kaprizov, also a really great player, I think deserving of that award. But really cool to see Robertson, you know, up there in that same category. Um, a guy, you know, on a team that was pretty much running back the exact same roster from a Stanley Cup run just a few months prior. But you know, a nice breath of fresh air because that team uh, back in 2020, 2021 was just dealing with so many injuries. Tyler Sagan missed most of the season. Ben Bishop didn't play any time. Jake Ottinger had to get pulled up from the AHL to play some substantial minutes, which he did pretty well. But it, it was just kind of a nice breath of fresh air to see Robertson playing with Joe Pavelski and Rupe Hintz on that star's top line. And 
they're they're a top line that I've said several times this season is one of, if not the best in hockey. I, you know, I'm I'm confident in saying that they can go toe to toe with just about any other trio in the NHL. And, you know, they're the top three scorers on this team in points. And, you know, they, they just have such good chemistry together and they have such a good knack for the puck. And, and it's I feel like rare to see that sometimes with the guy as young as Robertson, who's only been in the NHL what season and a half now and one of those was a a weird covid season and dallas had this ice storm where they missed like three or four games because texas can't handle cold weather uh and so you know just given the circumstances in the hand he's been dealt he's done so so well and i I think he's benefiting from getting to play along joe pavelski and also rupe hence who's a a young guy in his own right who has a bright future but pavelski you know in the same vein as ovechkin just a a really sappy vet who you know is continuing to play at a high level but also just has tons and tons of nhl knowledge and you know advice to pass down to the next generation and i think that we're seeing that manifested in how robertson has played so far in his career and i mean he i I imagine you know whenever it's time for him to sign a contract which is uh, i believe next offseason if i'm not mistaken i I get he and rupe hints mixed up Uh, i i imagine he's going to get quite quite the paycheck from uh the stars front office and, and rightfully so i think he's a guy that you know, could be in, you know, Hart Trophy conversations, maybe Art Ross conversations later down the line. Uh, maybe definitely not this season, maybe not even next, but a guy who just has, you know, all the potential in the world. Yeah. And I, I have, I, like I said, I like him. I love Rupe Hintz. He was one of the guys that, of course, that really burst onto the scene in the bubble in 2020 in that playoff run of the Stanley Cup finals. Shame that Yoel Kiviranta is not working out too well, but you know what? Hey, plenty of time. I mean, he, he's still, he's still a kid. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, he's not a kid. He's 33 or he's 25 years old. He's got plenty of time. There's plenty of time for him to develop that. Um, we, we would be remiss though, as from the cat side of things, Dane, without talking about Brayden Holtby. Now, yes, it has been a couple of years since Holtby has done the red, white, and blue. However, though, his, I don't know. It, the year in Vancouver didn't quite work out too well. I think we all can kind of concur with that statement. And he comes down to Dallas and expected to kind of sure up the goaltending, mainly because it was the big question mark, as we mentioned, Ben Bishop. And unfortunately, Ben Bishop's career has since over is since finished because, well, it's tough for a guy to come back like an injury that he had. I mean, all there was multiple problems with him and dating back to his years in Tampa, let alone in his time with the Dallas Stars. Holpe comes in here and, you know, his numbers, they're, they're not outstanding, but they're not awful either. He's 9-8-1 this year, a 9-1-7 save percentage with a 2-6-0 goals against average. You know, those aren't awful numbers. And I, I myself, former goaltender, I look at the save percentage more than I do the goals against there. So I, it doesn't look like it's a bad year in the games I've seen so far. He's seemingly you know, the brain hope, not the Vesna caliber brain hope be sure. But then again, I'm pretty sure you or I could be a Vesna candidate under Barry Trotz's system. <laughs> let's be honest here. How have you like Braden Hope being, you know, his real, his first half of the season with the stars? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Could it be better? Could it be worse? What do you think? Yeah. Well, well Tyler, I think it's uh it's been a good season. I, I think as of right now, he started out the season really strong when the rest of the stars roster wasn't playing very well but he was kind of the anchor of, of the team, keeping the stars in games or helping them win games that maybe they otherwise should have lost. And he was really splitting time with, with Anton Hudobin at the start of the year. And so Anton Hudobin started regressing a little bit. Jake Ottinger gets the call up, like you mentioned, Ben Bishop retires. And so I think that he's really stepped up and kind of answered the call to be the number one guy. And like you said, not not the best numbers in the world, and uh, but definitely a, a big upgrade from what he was doing in Vancouver last season, which it just feels like a, a fever dream for him that season in Vancouver because uh, he was with Washington for so long. And now he's kind of become the go-to guy here in Dallas. And, 
he'll he'll have games where he gives up. I think he gave up four against uh, Buffalo and, uh, you know, but then played, you know, the, the second game of a back-to-back in Detroit and did pretty well uh, against the Detroit team that can put up a lot of goals on any given night. And so sometimes he gives up a lot of goals, but typically the nice part about Braden Holtby is he's very, very good down the stretch. And I, I imagine he had a lot of those instances for the Caps as well. Um, where, oh, you know, yeah. he may give up three, four or five goals in a game. But if, if the Stars are able to keep that same energy on the offensive side and put up that many themselves, then Holtby has a knack for making some pretty big and, you know, superhuman type saves down the stretch. And uh, there's a sequence in their game against Carolina back in November where he's like on his side and, you know, kicking his leg in the air. Oh, swatting yeah. the puck I out. saw that. Yeah, I, th- I think three or four different saves in one sequence. And what was a, a pretty frustrating, I think Carolina had one goal the whole night. And that's, you know, the one of the best teams in the league. And and so, yeah, at his best, you know, he's able to shut down teams like that. He has some off nights, but I uh, I imagine that's who we'll see in the net for the Stars on Friday. And, and hopefully he'll get to play uh, whenever these teams meet up in Washington, because I'm sure the the fans would, you know, it w- would like to see him play. And because uh, it's been a while since he's been back to that arena, having played in Vancouver last season. Yeah, since the pandemic. I mean, my goodness, because they didn't get to play, obviously, last year because of the Canucks and what have mm-hmm. you. And then, of course, now with Dallas, it's the first game of the first time these two teams have met. Um, well, I didn't, I don't mean to be the guy that corrects you, Dane, but right now as of the time we're recording this, I don't, I think the flames do play tonight, but they're tied right now with the flames at 46 points for that second wildcard spot. However, the flames do have two games in hand though. So that's okay. why the flames currently hold that second wildcard spot. So it's pretty close and, and it's tough right now. Cause so many teams are trying to, get, they're going to get caught up obviously next month with some teams playing 12 games, some teams playing four <laughs> games, some teams playing eight games over the how the olympic break whatever that used to be out of they they said that was a thing once dane and then you know pandemic and covid kept going around they're like ah we, there's no olympic break here what is that thing <laughs> but as we go along here dane right now they're in a playoffs they're battling for a playoff spot this dallas team is it's one of those things where they're on the fringe and they're this is a team that we like i said you know we we all thought that this team would be towards the top three of the central division but right now it's been kind of a tough spot for them is this a team that should buy at the deadline to try to go for the playoffs? Or do you think they should just try to say, let's figure out what's in the room and try to use that to go play in late in May and then possibly into June? I, I think what they'll end up doing, Tyler, is probably that the, the latter option there. Um, unless something crazy happens, like someone gets injured or, or maybe John Klingberg ends up being a big trade piece and says, hey, I refuse to play here in Dallas because his name has been you know, spe- it's been speculated that he he's going to be leaving Dallas either midseason or in the offseason, uh, which he is if he is going to leave. I mean, Dallas needs to trade him and get something in return. You, you can't let a guy like John Klingberg just walk away and, and get nothing in return. But I, I think just the way that the stars are run and operated with Jim Nill as GM and and Rick Bonus as, as head coach stuck in his ways. Uh, and a lot of fans have, have their opinions on, on bonus this season and whether or not he'll be back uh, after the 22 season comes to an end. Um, I, I think that the stars are going to stay content with what with what they have, um, because outside of Klingberg, it's hard to imagine who they might look to deal. I know there's a lot of talks from like national media that Joe Pavelski could be a piece, but I think the stars team does have playoff aspirations. Uh, and, you know, right now they're sitting in a position where they could make the postseason pretty, you know, handedly like it's not out of the question. And so I just can't imagine them trading Joe Pavelski in this situation, because without him, I mean, this team is not the same team and likely is not making the postseason, especially in a division where you have Colorado, St. Louis and Nashville, who I, I think at the start of the season, I had Nashville missing the postseason and yeah, they're so having, I. yeah, it, this central division is so, and I think I had Chicago making it. And so that, that shows how much I know 
Um, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, both it, right on that one, Dane. Th this is a, a difficult division to predict outside of, you know, I had Colorado winning it, and now that seems like it's going to be the case. Minnesota, a weird team to, you know, to function with. And so I, I think the Stars are going to keep what they have because, like I said earlier, at their best, we've seen they can hang with just about anyone. It just comes down to consistent, consistent play from the players and a willingness to adjust co on the coaching side of things when things go wrong, which bonus doesn't always do. Like I said, a kind of a guy that's stuck in his ways and, uh, I know criticism I've made and fans here have made that he doesn't always take accountability for when things go bad. Like after that Montreal game, it was a lot of, oh, the players did this poorly and this poorly, but not a whole lot of, oh, I as a coach or me and my staff could have done this better. So I just think I can't imagine they'll make too many big splashes at the trade deadline. I, I mean, you know, if they end up getting, you know, someone unexpected or making a move that makes the team better, I, I guess I won't complain, but I don't anticipate them, you know, being big shoppers uh, near the end of the trade deadline. As long as Jim doesn't do what his old boss Ken Holland used to do or just buy David Legwan at the deadline or something like that just to make the playoffs, as long as he doesn't do that, I think the Stars might be in good shape, at least for this year and possibly the future as well. Because, boy, Kenny Holland, there's a track record for you. And now, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, for those that are watching, listen to this and only listen to either Lockdown Stars or Lockdown Capitals here, Evander Kane's an Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, <laughs> I a, saw that right before that, recording. Yeah, that's a thing. Minimum wage or not, good for good for the Oilers for missing the playoffs again. Because oh God Almighty, uh, Dane, I don't know about you, but the Oilers are they're looking like the the 2010 Oilers again, just by the way that they're kind of turning back into a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's uh, and it's so sad too. Just with two of the best players in the league, and you know, one one of you know, you have Ovechkin, the best scorer of all time, McDavid, probably two or three on that list. Uh, oh, I, the I think there's part an argument there. Yeah, the worst part is we're going to have the whole debate again. Like, oh my gosh, why is Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl not the MVP? Well, because the team finished 12 points out of a playoff <laughs> spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like Evander. I, you know, listen, Evander Kane's a good hockey player. He's not a good person, as we've learned, though. That's the problem. I've gone over that, but we we, we don't want to go too far. Or else this is going to be a two and a half hour podcast. Thing, <laughs> oh, folks yeah. probably don't want to deal with that. But we're going to get to the predictions for this game tonight between the Stars and the Capitals here in just a moment, guys. But i got to remind you that Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wager in action for 2022. And a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and you receive, or receive a 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, Dane, game tonight. Interesting one. Hot team, cold team. Former goaltender going up against his former team. No idea who's going in net for the Capitals at the time we're recording this, so I can't tell you who might get in net. But what do you think is going to happen between the Stars and the Caps tonight? Well, Tyler, I do anticipate a pretty big game. And I will say this. Uh, it seems like Holtby would get the start. I think that would make sense. But I tell guests on here all the time, and I'm it almost never goes the way I predict. I'm awful this year in predicting who's going to be in net for the Stars because normally you don't see it till morning skate. And I'll say, oh, you know, uh, during the road trip that the Stars were just on, they played. You're telling me um, Matthew DeFranks isn't on your hotline? He's in your speed dial? Matthew DeFranks is I, uh, on there? 
he he should be uh, uh you know i wish i wish i could just have all those all those guys even uh bruce levine would be a good guy to have on speed dial as well bruce probably uh, but, well, bruce doesn't know either he said that's the one thing about the pandemic he hates the most he can't talk to rick or anything i can't go in the locker room and talk to the guys like if i Rick's guess would be as good as your eyes. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. So for all I know, Jake Ottinger is going to get the start. You know, I, I say all the time, Holtby started the game in uh, Buffalo, and I was like, oh, he's gonna, you know, he's not, he's gonna rest against Detroit. But then, sure enough, he's out there against the Red Wings, a second night of a back-to-back. So, but I anticipate to, it to be a good game. I hope the Stars can come out with the win. Not, I, I don't just, you know, I, I hope that every time because I cover this team, but also I'm a fan and support this team. But they are. Uh, I, this hasn't come up yet on the show, but yesterday on Thursday, my whole episode was about Sergei Zuboff. His number is getting retired by the stars before this game. Uh, number 56 getting raised to the rafters. He was a key piece on that 1999 Stanley cup team for the stars. And so hopefully, you know, they're at least, it's at least a competitive game. Maybe one of the stars can win uh, as to not spoil that retirement. I think it's weird. Uh, I guess it's fine that they're doing it before the game. I, I don't know, because then, you know, well, if you lose and then you do it after, then everyone's bummed out. But also you do it before you're excited. If the stars come out flat, you know, then everyone's it's, it's, bummed. It's funny, Dave, because I mean, I, yeah, anytime there's ever retirement night, you, you just bet on the other team losing or the, the home team losing, because typically that doesn't happen. My question is, though, and, and listen, it's always kind of interesting for a team to witness a um, uh, a retirement ceremony. Um, uh, there was a big I mean. Growing up here in Michigan, I got to see Steve Eisermans and the Red Wings laid an egg that night against Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> um, but why wasn't it against the Rangers? Like, don't people remember that Zubov was a, you know, while, well, yes, it was Brian Leach and whatever for that Rangers team in 94. Like, mm-hmm. Zubov was on that team. Like, wouldn't you want to do it against the Rangers, his former team? I don't know. Yeah, I, I had that thought myself while preparing to, to record Thursday's episode. I don't know. Yeah, because we haven't played the Rangers yet at home this season. We opened the season in New York at, at the Garden, and uh, but haven't played them here. So I don't know. And, and I don't know. I'm hoping that it works out for the city of Dallas because they've already retired Dirk Nowitzki's number in the NBA, and the, and the Mavericks actually went on to beat the Warriors. So for NBA people, the Warriors are really good this year, and the, the Mavericks are good too. But I don't know. Hopefully the Mavericks didn't take all the, the good mojo for Jersey retirements because they retired his number after the game though. So are they going to let we... him hook darts on the ice? Cause I used to hear that story. Zubov would go back in the locker room, like between shifts or not between shifts, like between intermissions uh-huh. and, and uh, smoke a couple cigs or two between intermissions <laughs> that, do you think he's gonna let him do that? Light one up, light a blunt right on the right on center ice there. I, uh, I don't know. And I feel like maybe I, Zubov might be the kind of guy to just say, Hey, you know, act and then ask for forgiveness later. Uh, well, listen, Pronger just shotgunned a beer last week. I mean, I'm pretty sure Zuboff can light his cig, right? Yeah, yeah. And, or at least, you know, have one there and, uh, you know, get, get the people going. But I, I imagine that there will be a good crowd in attendance there. I don't know if it'll be quite sellout. I think that I saw that tickets are still available. But I still, I imagine a, a lot of people, especially people that have, you know, been watching this team since the 90s, whenever the Stars, you know, won the Cup in 99, but also went back to the Cup in 2000. But, but Zuboff was a, a member of this team even far beyond and into the early 2000s retiring right before the 2010s so should be an exciting game i think the stars you know are, should win this game but given kind of the positioning of them winning four straight washington you know coming you know i guess treading water at this point but both these teams seem to be in similar positions of you know they want to win and continue to build their playoff stock and so i, I think it'll be competitive um you know alexander ovechkin always presents a threat that you know is hard to game plan for but that like i said that star's top line it really started to hit their stride once again, they'll kind of go through lulls, which a lull for them is 
you know, maybe one or two of them scores a goal or records a point in a game. And then the best is where they're each getting two or three points in a, in a game, whether it's goals or assisting with one another. So I think it'll be at least competitive and, and should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I think so too. I, I always say that this is a three, two NHL. This is a three, two league. And, and especially these two teams right now, I, I think the caps realize like they just need to put, I mean, I would say put more pucks on net, but boy, they, they put on a lot of good chance against Robin Leonard and James Reimer back to back games. And they just, they were now able to buy a goal. And you almost feel like it's one of those things where if you, if you crack and break through the dam and you know, the water will flow and you know, who knows when that'll be, but I mean, Ovechkin, they're like, it's not like they're not getting chances. So I think if, if Obi and them keep it all up and, and I think it'll be a good game for sure, whether it be Holpe or not Holpe, geez. 2019 called starting goaltender for the Caps, Brent Holpe. <laughs> uh, no, whether it be Vanacek or Samsonov, I think both goaltenders are going to put together a good performance because both of them have played well lately. And and I look at, you know, you see a 4-1 loss against the Sharks. One of those was an empty net goal, and the other one was an awful giveaway. And, you know, you mentioned that top line, and this is a defense that's a little bit weakened right now. Nick Jensen out week to week still, and and Johnny Carlson is no sign of coming back anytime soon here. He's been on the on the shelf with, with illness. So hopefully he comes back here soon, but, or with injury, excuse me. And I, you really hope that they can figure it out because Michael Kempney and Trevor Van Reams like have had tough games lately on the back end. And while Martin Farivari's looked okay and Dmitry Orlov is playing at an all-star level right now, it's tough to, to stop those guys consistently if you don't get the right matchup and especially on the road as well. Peter Lavi, let's not the biggest matchup guy as we saw like with a guy like Bruce Cassidy up in Boston or Mike Babcock when his last old tenure there in Toronto, it's hard to get those matchups though on the road. Cause obviously the home team has the last change. So it'll be interesting to see how the defense for the caps tries to stop the stars offense, because certainly they've been clicking right now. And you know, while the goaltending's made some big saves, unfortunately the, the team keeps giving up big chances. And like I said, the defensive lapses have hurt them. So that'll, that'll be the, the key tipping point in this one. So I'll be interested to see. I, I, I would not be shocked if the stars pulled this one out, even with all the, even with all the pageantry and whatnot of a, of a Jersey retirement, there's a chance that the stars can maybe give the hometown crowd two things to cheer about tomorrow or on Friday night. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And the stars have been pretty good at home so far this season. Although the last time they played there, uh, the Canadians were in town and the Canadians won five to three. So uh, stranger things have certainly happened. And so excited to, to see how that top line does offensively. Uh, they they have a knack for scoring really, really quick. Their last game against New Jersey, Pavelski scored 14 seconds into the first. And then in the second period, Rupe Hint scored uh, 20, or he wears number 24, not 24 seconds, but 15 seconds into the second. So uh, Washington will need to be locked and loaded from, from the get-go. And hopefully if Holtby does play, uh, maybe you know he'll be able to reminisce on his days and practicing against a guy like Ovechkin, and maybe he can uh, use that to his advantage because – I know Ovechkin's probably gonna, you know, look look to terrorize the defense a little bit. Even though we do have some good guys like Haskinen and even Ryan Suter, uh, I feel like it's fun to bring up his name with other hosts because then half of them are like, "Oh yeah, Ryan Suter's in Dallas," and the other half have forgotten that that move happened. Uh, so, yeah, should be no. should be a really interesting game. No, everyone remembers Ryan Suter because it's just another thing that Minnesota or something has left Minnesota and has gone down to Dallas their day, and that's all it is. It's, it's yeah, happened again. I mean. Unfortunately, I have a buddy of mine I work with up here at a radio station in Grand Rapids. And every time I mention the the wild, we always mention the stars. And um, um, he said, there's two people. If he ever sees them in the street or if there's two graves, he can ever uh, uh, leave something behind on. It would be the, the gun family for taking half the you know North Stars away. But um, uh, he always said he never he's not a fan of Bob Ganey because he worked for the Dallas Stars. But I, 
I can't remember who are the original owners of the Dallas Stars. Uh I can't. Oh my gosh. You're at, you're asking the now. wrong guy there. I was not alive whenever this team moved. Well, up. I know it was. Unfortunately, I, I, Dane, something. <laughs> you, unfortunately, it's something that I've realized myself. I'm a 75 year old chapped in a 26 year old's body. Like <laughs> I can tell you how exactly the 1977 series went between the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins. Like, I mean, despite the Bruins having good fight to them, the Canadiens were just that much better, and they ended up winning on Boston Garden Ice. I know way too much about hockey, except for some reason the owners that dragged the North Stars out. Well, pardon me. They call themselves the Minnesota Stars the last year. They even had the black sweaters and everything. And there's like, you know what, guys? Bloomington sucks. Let's go to Dallas. And the rest is history, as they say. So it uh, should be a good one tonight down there in the Big D. 9 o'clock Eastern time, 8 o'clock Central time. And 8 o'clock start. Then again, that's probably because of the fact of the jersey ceremony. So, you know what? A late start in local time there in the American Airlines Center. Should be a fun one, Dane. Uh, yeah, like I say, I'm going to say Dallas wins because I've done a good thing with these locked on crossovers where I say that the other team's going to win. And typically my team has come out on top. So I'm going to go <laughs> with that one here. Three two Dallas. There you go. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same score. I'll say three two. Wouldn't surprise me to see that be a, a three two overtime win win for the Stars. But I, I think that they'll keep things going and they really need to because after after this, it doesn't get much easier. The the Boston Bruins will be rolling into town on, on Sunday to you know, do battle with the stars and Dallas has already dropped game one of that season series to them. And so they'll need all the momentum they can get before the Boston and then Calgary will be in town a few days later. So a lot of good teams coming through Dallas in the next week or so. That is 100% true. Well, folks, that is it for this uh, locked on crossover edition between the locked on stars with Dane Lewis and myself, Tyler Kuehl. I hear on locked on caps. Be sure to check Dane guys out. You see it right there. If you're watching on the locked on stars or locked on capitals, YouTube channel at Dane underscore Lewis. Follow me, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl at TJKU 29. Dane, thanks for reaching out, man. This was fun. This was nice. I, I know we went over the 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 suggested time limit for these shows but unfortunately we just have way too much to talk about so it's hard to keep it within a half hour yeah yeah these teams haven't played in a while and you know i'm curious how the caps are doing and you're you know you and your listeners probably curious you how the stars be. are doing there's so. nothing exciting about this team. there's one guy in a band of merry men well that's uh that's good enough for me always always enjoy getting to cross over with other hosts here at the network and uh you know talk hockey a little bit with you guys so always a pleasure and hopefully uh, we'll get to cross over maybe again soon whenever these teams meet up in washington Absolutely. So that is it, folks, for this crossover edition between Lockdown Stars and Lockdown Caps. We'll see you next time. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. We'll see you.